Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Please be seated. We continue our preaching series on the faith of the Nicene Creed. Today being All Souls Sunday, we look at the resurrection of the body. Many years ago, I returned home to bury my father. And when I entered into the house, my mother, after greeting me and I, her, immediately took me over to the bottom of the stairwell. There was a Christus Rex, that is Christ the priest, an image of Christ the priest, of uh, the Christ the king, vested as a priest. And my mother told me that every night before my father would take the stairs to make his way to bed, he would put his hand on that cross and he would pray for me. After she told me that, I went over to that cross and I put my hand on it as well. And taking it away, and some of you have heard this story before, you will remember that there was a substance on my hand. I smelled it, and it was peanut butter. I knew for sure my dad had remembered me in prayer. But that cross was no ordinary cross, as some of you may remember this story. When I was first ordained, my father gave that cross to me as I was leaving to take my first assignment. I was rather scared, to be honest. After driving all the way to Newfoundland, I would then have to get on a ferry that would take me for 30 hours through the Labrador Sea to an isolated village known as Cartwright on the coast of Labrador. Life was going to be very different. And as I was leaving, my father gave me that cross and he said, Son, I give this to you. Please place it in your first church. So off to Labrador I went, and in my first church, where I served as an ordained minister, that cross hung. And when I was leaving Labrador, I took that cross and I brought it home with me, and I gave it back to my father and said to him, Dad, you gave me this cross when I first left. It hung in my first church, and now I want you to have it. And so he placed it at the bottom of the stairs where every night he'd place his hand on it and he would pray for me, his son. Shortly there, 
shortly after returning home for my father's funeral, my mother took that cross off the wall and she gave it to me again, saying, your father would want you to have this. And I held on to it and we went through the, the wake and at the uh, end of the wake, just before the funeral mass, they asked the family to leave, but I stayed behind because my father's priest wasn't there and I wanted to say the prayers as the casket was closed. Just before they closed the casket, I took that cross and I placed it in my father's hands and said, you can give this back to me again on the day of the resurrection when our Lord comes in glory. My dear friends, we believe in the resurrection of the dead. Each week we profess our faith in the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Many of us make the sign of the cross at this point in the creed, identifying the resurrection of the dead on the last day with the victory of Christ Jesus on the cross. In the resurrection of the dead, at the time of the second coming of Christ, the victory of the cross will see its full fruition. The victory won by Jesus. The victory of God over sin and death shall have its full fruition in the second coming of Christ and the resurrection of the dead. And so today, we're going to look at the resurrection of the dead, part one. I put this sermon together and realized that if I left out certain parts, that the sermon would be an hour and 20 minutes. I decided at that point you might have me be among the faithful departed. So this is part one today. Let us look at the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead. Firstly, it is important that we realize that we are a body-soul creation. We are not souls incarnate in bodies for a time. The body as well as the soul is who we are. And the body and the soul are never meant to be separated. And this is the great consequence of sin and death, that literally the impossible happens where the soul is separated from the body. It's like attempting to separate heads from tails on a quarter. We are a body-soul creation. In fact, when my mother was dying in the hospital and I was at her bedside, I got talking to the nurse, and she was a rather spiritual woman, and we had long conversations, and at some point she said, I can see that you are an old soul. And I said, actually, my soul is the same age as my body. You see, we aren't souls stuck in bodies. 
God creates us as a body and soul. The body is part of who we are. It is holy. The body as well as the soul was created by God the Father. It was out of his great love that he created us in his image and likeness. Psalm 139, 13-14 For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Indeed, the body as well as the soul was created by God out of love. For the Christian, the body as well as the soul has been baptized into Christ Jesus. From Romans 6, verses 3 to 5, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. You see, for the Christian... The body is holy not only because it was created by God the Father out of his great love in his image and likeness, but because our bodies as well as our souls have been baptized into Christ. We have been immersed into the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are even now partakers in the victory of God in Jesus over sin and death. And just as we died with him, so shall we rise with him. The body is holy. The body, as well as the soul, has been nourished with the body and blood of Jesus. Note the words of administration from the prayer book. When you receive the body of Christ, you hear the words, the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was given for thee, preserve thy body and soul unto everlasting life. Not simply preserve thy soul unto everlasting life, but preserve thy body and soul unto everlasting life. You see, the body is saved by Jesus as much as the soul. Otherwise, Satan and death would always have a partial victory over us. The devil would say to Jesus, okay, you died on the cross. I'll give you the souls. I get the bodies. We'll call it a draw. Jesus doesn't compromise with sin and death. Jesus has eradicated sin and death. Jesus didn't come to save your soul. He came to save you, body and soul. John 6, 53 to 54, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. 
and I will raise him up on the last day. See how the Father, out of his great love, created us in his image and likeness. He formed us when we were in the womb. We were, as the psalmist says, fearfully and wonderfully made. See how we, the Christians, share in Jesus through baptism. And that baptism is not only deliverance from sin, but the promise of the resurrection to come. See that we, who receive the body and blood of Jesus, have the promise that in doing so, so, he, Jesus, will raise us up on the last day. Lastly, the body as well as the soul is the temple of the Holy Spirit. From 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 14, 19 through 20. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord, and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. My dear friends, see the Trinity at work here. The Father, out of great love, creates us, molds us, fashions us in the womb, in his image and in his likeness. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. See that we who have been baptized into Christ Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, are baptized into his death and resurrection. And if we have died with him, then certainly we shall rise with him. See how those of us who receive the body and blood of Christ also have the promise of Christ that we will be raised on the last day. And see the Spirit, that we are temples of the Holy Spirit, that our bodies are not our own, that we have been bought at a price, and that price is the blood of Jesus. And that we have been given a gift, that of the Holy Spirit who dwells richly within us. So the resurrection of the body is tied, the doctrine of the resurrection of the body is tied to the doctrine of the Holy Trinity and who we are in relationship to God. Now, what will that resurrected body be like? Uh, You've got a good example, right? No, just just kidding. What will that body be like? Ah, the sermon next Sunday. God has given us a wonderful gift. The Father molded us and shaped us out of love in his image and likeness. We've been united to Christ in his baptism. We have been fed with his body and blood. And just as we have died with him, so shall we rise with him. And our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The body is not something to be discarded. It is part of who we are. 
God became flesh in the person of Jesus to redeem us wholly and completely. And just as Romans 6, 9 says that death hath no power or dominion over him, so death will have no power or dominion over us when we are raised from the dead. For we will share fully in his victory and in his reign and in his kingdom and of his kingdom there shall be no end. In a moment we will recite together the faith of the Nicene Creed. Think about those words when we say that we believe in the resurrection of the dead. And remember that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are beautiful, for you are the image of God. Amen.